Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 167. I'm Sean, and joined with me in studio, Tony, the Killer Cats. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you. And from downtown, in his little studio outside of Orange County, Off-Road Andy. I think I'm inside of Orange County, technically. I was going to say Santa Ana, but then I was like, I don't think he's, is he that close to it? Oh, yeah, I'm like six blocks away from the border. Santa Ana and Tustin even, maybe? Uh, Yeah, Not I can far. get to Tustin pretty quickly. Yeah, well, outside of those uh, two cities. Uh, we I'll tell you, the offer. border is the right word for it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. And uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. It is quarantine week 17. No one knows anymore. Uh but we're uh, carrying on with sports. We have some random couple of stories, but then we also have been doing, I don't know if you're just tuning in, we've been doing the best players for you know said sport of our time. So a couple weeks ago, we did NBA players. Last week, we did the MLB players, and today, we're going to do our NFL players. But uh, before we get into that, we have a couple of other stories. We're going to start things off with the last dance First two episodes aired on Sunday night. Andy has not seen it, but Tony, you and I did. Yes. Spectacular, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. It's really cool, too, because I uh, obviously we knew those Bulls teams as kids, but it wasn't like, you know, most of us were seven, eight years old, nine years old mm-hmm. uh, in the 97, 98 season. But uh, no, it's cool. I mean, you definitely see how like things were and how like, you know, how they no matter what, after that season, it was like they were going the route of rebuilding. They saw where players were getting age-wise. Because, I mean, at that point, Michael Jordan was in, like, his 13th or 14th season by then. Something like that, yeah. Because I think he – did he come in in 84? Or 85, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then, I mean, you know, Scottie Pippen was obviously – they knew he was going to be on his way out because that contract, I didn't realize how bad it was that he was not – Yeah, you should be mad at the agent, not the team. Yeah, but it was clear he uh, wasn't going to be there for a while. And then obviously they didn't see the point in keeping Phil Jackson around then if they weren't going to have all their people. So they had, you know, they were going to go with a different direction no matter what. But uh, it was it was cool. It was cool seeing how, you know, he went there and how it was, uh, you know, you hear some of those stories about where, you know, he was on the limit, the minute restriction after his injury. And, and you know, probably one of Andy's favorite pack, players, Paxton hits a game-winning shot that makes them go into the playoffs, even though they got uh, destroyed by a very good Celtics team. They still uh, He still put up a fight. It was like Shoeless Joe Jackson in the World Series that they fixed. It was like, you know, despite your team trying to lose, it was like you were still putting up stupid numbers. Not saying that Jordan's team was trying to lose, but, you know, I think they... Uh, they this really was the early 80s that. or the late 80s team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was his second season. I think he got yeah. hurt. I think it was like 80, it would have been like 86. I think that was the Celtics won it that year. Cause that was Bill uh, Walton. That was a stacked. Yeah. Team. That was yeah. when, yeah, Bill, they showed Bill Walton on that team and Bill Walton actually was got, it's funny you say that. Cause in that, the clips, they show Bill Walton getting pissed off at his players because they kept switching and then Jordan would burn him and it ended up leading to him fouling out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this series, I can already tell, is going to be my Tiger King. I'm going to get obsessed with this. It makes me want to go buy a basketball hoop and then go back to school just to play basketball. 
do it all over again. I could. I don't think phone. it works that way. I could walk <laughs> on somewhere. Maybe one of those. Um, get one of those. Uh, Zach Efron situations. Remember that movie where he becomes young again, plays basketball, seventeen again or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is my opportunity. So I need to get, like pee into a magical fountain or get struck by lightning or whatever it is, and then uh, then I'm gonna have my shot. I couldn't. I, 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 I can't wait for next week. Andy, you, you mean, need to figure out how to watch it. Yeah, I think it's available online if you have a, a TV subscription. So I didn't know how I was able to watch it, but I figured it out. A little late to the party, but neither yeah, late I'm than sorry. not. Well, it's not over. Uh, first week's over. Never going to see it again for you, Andy. <laughs> but okay, uh, there's more basketball news, actually. And uh, it could be trouble for college. So, Andy, you want to lead us off with a story? Yeah, so the NCAA basketball season didn't end the way they had hoped this year. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and it uh, might not uh, go all that well for future seasons as, as well. Um, you know, we've seen a push towards uh, players, you know, wanting to leave early. They th- NBA is probably going to change the rule and allow high school students to go straight to the league. We've also seen a number of players just go play in Europe for a year. Um, well, now we have uh, a player who's going to be playing uh, next year in the G League. The top high school recruit has decided not to go to college, Jalen Green. He'll be playing for a new G League team in L.A. that's designed for these type of uh, players, like good prospects who uh, don't want to go to the NCAA. So uh, he's going to be joined by another top 10 recruit. So uh, that's just taken bleeding talent away from this league. Um, But they did it to themselves. You saw what happened with um, James Wiseman uh, this year where he... Mm -hmm got banned and it's like okay that's like the number one guy number one freshman in your uh league here and you banned him so this is what's gonna happen i think this is the beginning of the end for the ncaa at least basketball yeah yeah i think i love this move honestly yeah i actually was just having this conversation with my uncle yesterday about how you know more players are going to go play in europe and i'm like i don't blame them i mean if you can play if you already know you're only going to play in college for a year yeah, and you're going to not get paid for it yeah, exactly. You can go to Europe, get paid for a year just because, you know, injuries happen at any point. So it's good to have some uh, well, money. Yeah. Now they're not even going to have to do that because uh, this guy's going to get paid half a million. Mm-hmm. So that the top players will get paid. And that's more than what they probably would get in like a European league. Oh, yeah. So you're saying so if they just go to the G League then. They're, so they're, it's just a special team. And like, I mean, I guess you have to be good enough to be on it. It's not yeah. just anyone's like, I wouldn't be on it. So, mm-hmm. so let me, well, maybe I'll go there instead. Um, let me ask you this, Andy, any chance that this team could be playing say at the pond or somewhere not at the Staples center that we could, uh, get, to? I would, I would imagine that would be part of it is to try to get them like rotate around. I mean, there's a G league team in, uh, Ontario. Yeah. There's always the one of those to get to in Ontario. You ever go to Ontario? I it's go on easier to get to in LA. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, but nevertheless. Andy, isn't one of like the Padres AAA teams out there? Or yeah. their AAA team? I mean, not one of them, but like their AAA team. Well, the it's single A. It has okay, a bunch of teams out that way. And there's like San Bernardino, Cucamonga. Brandon the, Clip, Barnes the Clippers team. There. The Clippers G League team is in Ontario. Okay. But like this team is not affiliated with any NBA team, and they said they're gonna run it a bit differently. Like it's more about development, more about teaching the players you know, how to be professionals and that kind of stuff. That's kind of cool. Magic Johnson is going to be a, a team manager. Definitely. There. Definitely. Pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Idea movie theaters. All right. Well, uh, shall I move it over to uh, some football talk? Yeah. 
Yeah, some some big, uh, some big news today. Finally, uh, I actually was over at uh, my dad's house today at the time when I heard uh, of this news, and uh, he turned on ESPN, and it was actually kind of interesting because just a little side note is that I hadn't probably watched ESPN in month, like I'm not gonna say months, but like Sunday, there's no need over a month, and it's like I haven't exactly like there's been no sports, there's been no reason to, so it was kind of cool seeing like just old shows that you know are still going on. Watch, like, part of the you watch the horse tournament. I did not. <laughs> Jesus, that was terrible. So yeah, like it was from what uh, I saw, I saw like clips and I was, I think Sean turned it on for like five minutes and we were both like, no shit. way. I think it was Mike Conley. It looked like he filmed it on a Motorola razor. It was, <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Like he had like his daughter's like play toy phone film it or something. <laughs> like they got a fucking big Mac with it or whatever. But no, I, uh, I just haven't watched any of it, so it was kind of cool to watch it today, see some real sports news. But uh, Andy, what uh, I'd like to hear what your take is on it. I mean, obviously, you know, it looks like, you know, uh, before we ask that, I should let the world know it's Rob Gronkowski is coming out of retirement. But not only that, he uh, is joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was traded today for, uh, I think it was uh, a seventh round pick and Rob Gronkowski for like a fourth round pick or something. Yeah. And uh, so he's joining his old teammate, Tom Brady in uh tampa bay but uh you know uh, it's obviously that sounds fun that'll sell tickets but i mean uh, you know we're not gonna i don't at least i don't think we're not gonna see the tom brady rob gronkowski you know of the past but i mean it'll probably be at least exciting but what do you think do you think it's gonna be good for them or do you think it's a little just gonna be overhyped uh i don't think he's gonna be um the different maker he was two years ago i think there's a reason he retired he's Exactly. Kind of broken. He was kind of broken that year, anyways. Um, but he'll be there. He he's playing with great receivers oh, yeah. alongside him. But Tom Brady's going to have a field day. I mean, Rob Gronkowski, you got Goodwin or Godwin, and then you've got uh, Mike Evans, and then OJ Howard also. And Cameron Brait is good. And that's he's like that's the best tight end group right now. Oh, I'm yeah. sure one of them is going to be best gone. receiving core. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, I could even see OJ Howard maybe dipping out going somewhere if that's the case. Well, he's but got value, yeah. If for sure, Brait, though. But uh, you never know. And also what makes this interesting is we should also note that this is two days before. Uh, actually, when you're listening to this, it'll be the day before, depending on when you're listening. But this Thursday is the uh, NFL draft. So, I mean, it could be, you never know. Like Guys like that could be trade value, and you could get yourself a, good, like a better pick or something, or at least get picks for the future or something. I don't know. But you never know. That's what makes the draft day so exciting because then you do see – occasionally you do see random fun trades like that yeah I, i'd be worried about gronk in the state of florida it doesn't sound like a good mix uh, to me at yeah. all <laughs> yeah i could be uh, definitely not gronk yeah, and i think he's at that point is, i mean and we say you know we're about to say i was just about to say i think he's at that point in his career i mean he's already at the point in his career where he's kind of like oh whatever because he, he just retired so i mean i think he's more about like oh this will be fun i'll get to play with tom brady this will be because i think what they really want to do together is prove that, hey, it wasn't the Belichick and the Patriots organization that won those championships, it was us type thing. you know. And I mean, they even talked about that in the last dance when uh, the GM was saying like, oh, not one single player can win this. It takes the organization. The player is nothing without the organization. And I mean, that is how general managers and coaches and stuff think. And I mean, I ultimately think they both need each other. But you know, at the end of the day, these players do want to go out and prove because it's their legacy. You know, if Tom Brady goes out and wins a Super Bowl this year in Tampa Bay, he could retire with seven chan- with seven Super Bowl rings, and then he could say, you know, when I left New England, I still won. And I think that would honestly mean more to him than his first Super Bowl. 
especially at his yeah. age. I mean, I I don't see it happening, but it would be uh, quite. No, I don't either. I'm I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm just saying if it did, like what he's probably trying to prove. I said today, I think what like my prediction with Tampa Bay, they're going to be a fun team. They'll have an offense that likes that'll score points because uh, Bruce Arians, we all know, likes to pass a lot and whatnot. But I think they're a type of team that'll get to like the divisional round, and uh, they'll lose to a team that's just better equipped overall, a team that just has a better defense and is able to get to Brady and cause trouble and have an offense that's able to score on that defense. Cause that defense is nothing amazing. I mean, it's got a few good young players on it, but it's, you know, it's not a defense that's going to shut you down. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not uh, excited about Brady. I haven't been in quite a while. I don't think he's, yeah. no, I agree. He, uh, two years ago, he was kind of carried to that super bowl. Like he had a decent regular season, but not very good in the postseason. And we saw it was the opposite this year. He had a pretty good start to the season, but we and we said it on the podcast months ago, tons of times. Like, okay, we'll look at the schedule they've had, and then sure enough, once he started playing real competition, those numbers dwindled, and then the playoffs was just, you know, it was just not good. I mean, towards the, the really towards that last like couple weeks of the season, I mean, they lose the game to Miami, which cost them a first round bye, and then Tennessee, you know, beat him up big time. You know, his last pass ever as a Patriot was a pick six. But, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I think he'll have some decent numbers in uh, Tampa Bay just because of what he's going to have with him. But, you know, he's just – he's it's you know, it's at this point, it's like it's a name. It's like, oh, it's Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. It's like, yeah, that would have been awesome on Tampa Bay in 2011, 2012, whatever. But it's like it's time has gone forward. You know, we're in 2020 season coming up, and it's just not the same uh, – they're just not the same talent that they once had. Yeah. Well, I mean, then there's your left with what the Patriots look like as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we should cover that. I was uh, mentioning that earlier, too. I said that's going to be a division that just has a uh, just a very below average offense performances in all those teams. I mean, Miami's offense is nothing special. The Patriots offense is not going to be exciting this year. The Jets offense might have the most exciting players, the guys like Le'Veon Bell and stuff darnold but no one else <laughs> yeah exactly but uh the buffalo bills i mean who did they just get stefan diggs on diggs okay so buffalo will probably have the most exciting offense i mean that'll help their offense a little bit but again they're the type of team that beats you 13 to 9 because they have the stout defense and they just they like to move the ball on the ground a lot and you know josh allen's a good running quarterback as well so they just control the clock and they aren't they they, they like to win those games you know 13 6 you know 17 10 i mean that's just how they play, but uh, that division is going to be tough to watch this year, I think. Well, it's a good uh, segue into our main segment here. Yeah, our uh, favorite our players. We, uh, favorite I, players I, I even, of all time. Uh, I think I or, listed it even, Andy. Is, uh, I started off this time my list with the AFC East because I was like, Andy likes to go east to west. So That's where I started. So, but, uh, Also, Andy, I'm just going to let you know, so I don't know if you did it or if you can kind of do it at the top of your head but i i know we had kind of talked about last week but i did favorite offensive and defensive player oh i did not but i can kind of just i got i got people i can talk about yeah yeah i mean i I, there were some teams where i didn't have both that i could think of and ultimately i can just say also who like my favorite favorite on that team was but uh yeah let's get it uh let's get it started we can even have sean if he has some players on the teams i'll do what i can i know even less about football from baseball Brandon Barnes, he'll say for like the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Everyone, yeah. All right, Andy, start us off. Who's what team do you got first in the? Well, we're starting with the Patriots. Okay, That's and a uh, hard team for me because they've been so hated for you know two decades. Uh, but I went with Randy Moss. Short-lived career there, but 
exciting while he was there. Yeah, that's the thing with football too is it just moves around so much. I went with, I mean, I just went with it. I just went with Tom Brady just because I've, I've never really hated Tom Brady. I mean, if he were to win with Tampa Bay this year, I would kind of be like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I don't know. I just went with it. I just remember, I like a lot of these players. I go back to my childhood and stuff too. Like I remember when he beat the Rams and it was just kind of like, oh shit, who is this guy? And then obviously, you know, it, there's been plenty of times where I've yelled at the TV and basically, you know, have said very vulgar things about Tom Brady with the refs and stuff and all sorts of things. But ultimately, if I had to say my favorite Patriot that I've watched over the years, I got to just give credit where credit's due. So I said Tom Brady, but on the defensive side, I said Ty Law. Yeah, definitely good. He made the NFL change the rules because he beat up Peyton Manning that one year. Do you have a defensive guy you can think of at the top of your head? or Just go with that. <laughs> okay, good. I like that. I feel like we could agree a lot on this one. There's a lot of them I hated, absolutely hated. And also NFL is a little, hate them. NFL is tough too because I feel like players just go everywhere. Like there were some guys I had to look up and be like, "Am I even able? Gonna, am I even going to be able to say him? Like, did he only play there one year and then he looked like, oh, he played there six seasons? I'm like, okay, that's yeah. worth. It. Yeah, there's a lot of those guys, but I think if if you feel like they're iconic there, then yeah, that's true. Yeah, like with, you with Randy Moss, Randy Moss was there what two seasons, three? I think it's two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, but two right. full great seasons. So. Who's our uh, next team here, Andy? Uh, I got the Jets. Okay, and I went with Curtis Martin. Ooh, that's a classic one. I went with uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Again, that's a guy for for me. He's he's a buck. Yeah, it's like, and he played a lot of places, but yeah, but yeah, but that's I'm, definitely where he got to start, and he was. Yeah, I just because some exciting. of these games too, I remember playing like. NFL blitz and stuff and like video games. I mean, I've talked about this on all our segments with this, like video games really did have an impact with me when I would play with teams as a kid. And I just remember Keyshawn Johnson in those green and white jerseys. And I just, I don't know. I just like it for the jets. I mean, other than that, Curtis Martin definitely would have been one because I've been doing fantasy football with my dad since I was like 10 years old. So a lot of these guys too, could be like guys that I remember getting in fantasy football that were exciting yeah. for me that I cheered for. And you just almost develop a relationship with them. So that's uh that's gonna be the trend here is that it's gonna be mostly skill position players I imagine yeah because that's who we kind of know I don't have any offensive linemen sorry but defense um, yeah I definitely have a bunch of defensive linemen for what oh oh for this oh. overall I, I was talking about for the Jets if you the had Jets. a defensive player I just went uh, with Revis just because that's what I remember when he was like in his prime with the Jets yeah I liked uh, John Abraham was good yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, do offensive defense. So. All right, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I can kind of limit it, too. We don't need this to go drag out too long. I can kind of decide who my favorite is, and we can just kind of go with no. I mean, if you did the work, you did the work. You should, you yeah, should let true, it. That's true. And I agree. Andy, I like that. You're right. We have nowhere to be. People have nowhere to be. They just want to listen. All right, who we got next? Buffalo or Buffalo. the Buffalo? Buffalo was tough for me. I literally had to, like, remember. So I just went with Fred Jackson. He was on my list until I remembered a different person. Who do you remember? And it's Stevie Johnson. I don't even know if I know him. <laughs> he was a wide receiver. He was oh, kind of flashy. I, came out of nowhere, one, but he was just he super confident. Those, like, crazy catches, didn't he? Yeah. I remember that now. I do remember him. He was flash. He was one of those guys that was around for like a couple of years. Well, he thought he was the best. I mean, he was around probably for like eight yeah, years right. or he something. He was around eight years, yeah. It just he thought he was better than he was. He thought he was Randy Moss. That was like high school time. I remember him. Yeah, he played for the Chargers at the end too. So yeah, Steve Johnson. I forgot about that. I would not have even remembered that. But uh, yeah, okay. I think he might have been on some teams with Fred Jackson. I would definitely. Yeah, that was that era. Cool. I didn't I actually didn't have a defensive player for Buffalo. I couldn't think. Yeah. 
All right. Well, the next team, I do have a defensive player. So do I. the Dolphins. And I went Zach Thomas. Ooh, I liked Zach Thomas, too. I actually went with uh, Jason Taylor. Yeah, it was a great, great little duo there, those two guys. Yeah, and I with off with a running with a with running back. Well, it was a running back with offensive player for Miami. I did a Ronnie Brown just because I remembered those times with the the Wildcat when they brought that in. That was exciting. But I also forgot about Ricky Williams. Yeah, Ricky was great for like two years there. But I think like the reason why I forgot about him is because I remember my dad and I had number one pick in fantasy football, and the, the number one thing you wanted was running back because that was rushing touchdowns were eleven points and stuff and. You wanted to have the best running back. And when we got number one pick that year, my dad was all excited. All the books were saying, you know, Ricky Williams is your guy. We took Ricky Williams and he just did not have the season. Was that the year he quit or he got suspended? So then he quit or whatever. I think he ended up quitting like the next year. I think it was, he was coming off like his seven, like, okay, I got to stop touching this thing. Like his 17 touchdown year or something or 20 touchdown. And then he came out and got like six or something. Also, I'm just BSing those stats. I have no idea how accurate any of that is, but. I could probably find the the season it happened if I looked at his stats. All right. Well, next up, it's going to be hard for you, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I just went with the – this one for me was uh, Jamal Lewis just because I did have him in fantasy. I actually had him on our – we had him on our fantasy team, the game when he had 298 rush yards, which at the time broke the NFL record, I believe. I don't think I think he, it was 296. 296. It's Peterson that has 298. Peterson, then, right? yeah. Okay, which still stands as the record. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, so Jamal Lewis, I remember I had him that game, and I think he had like two or three rushing touchdowns at least that game. So that was a big fantasy day for us. And uh, so Jamal Lewis is one of those ones. And then on defense, I mean, the Ray Lewis-Ed Reed duo, that's just what we – I mean, I hate the Ravens, but that's what we grew up watching. And like those guys, whether you didn't like the Ravens or not, those guys were fun to watch. Yeah, I have Ed Reed because he didn't murder anyone. Yeah. (laughs) So he's not complicit in anyone's murder. All right, well, next up, Steelers. I'm going to let you take the floor here. All right. Well, this one's not close for me. My favorite all-time Steelers, Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu was just, I just loved watching him. I have a couple of his jerseys. He was just by far just, that was my that was my guy I liked watching, you know, in those times. And I, I watched him make some of the craziest catches, you know, interceptions and stuff. And he just was, seemed like he was the guy that, you know, made the right play at the right time. And he was their, he was their captain of that defense. Because I, I remember the times when he would get hurt and when he wasn't out there on defense, like the team struggled on defense, like their deep, their secondary was when I mean, they always had the good linebackers during that time when they had Harrison and Farrier and, you know, a few, uh, a few other guys, but they, uh, they, uh, struggled in that secondary when Paul Muller wasn't out there being the captain of it. So I just, uh, always just had a thing for Troy Paul Muller. And if I have to go offense, I just got to stay true and go big Ben. I mean, yeah. I won't say Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell anymore after everything they did, but I mean, Brown at Ben, Big Ben has had those receivers cycle out throughout his career. You know, when he got there, he had Heinz Ward. And then after Heinz Ward left, he got Santonio Holmes. And then after Holmes left, Holmes became nothing. And then he went and got Mike Wallace. And then he made Mike Wallace good. And then Mike Wallace left and wasn't much. And then, you know, he had uh, Antonio Brown after that. And, you know, obviously Antonio Brown has the most talent of all those guys. But, you know, he had did good things with Brown. And then I, I had completely forgot they had uh, the Bryant from Clemson who uh, – Oh yeah, that didn't work out. Fuck up, and then you know he had Emmanuel Sanders. You know he, I mean, he's just always had these receivers that just he, in my opinion, he just puts them on the map. He makes them good, and then some of them have, you know, like Holmes and Wallace got to leave and get their contracts and stuff, and then just didn't really perform after that. With you know, when going to other quarterbacks that weren't as didn't have quite the talent that Roethlisberger had. So I got to go with Roethlisberger. 
for the offensive side, but overall side, Troy Palmo. I mean, Troy Palmo is probably my overall favorite football player ever. Well, I have Le'Veon Bell because he is fun to watch. Oh yeah. Um, even even some games this year with the Jets, it's like, what is he doing? And it somehow works. He's just he's just different than any other running back. And you think like at any point he might lose six yards, but somehow he didn't. And it's like just yeah. And I had a, a buddy of ours who uh, played against him in high school. I mean, in college, our buddy went to Eastern Michigan. He uh he was a linebacker, and he said like the we said like who's the toughest person ever to tackle the hardest hit you ever took. And he said, by far it was when he went to tackle Le'Veon Bell, when he was at Michigan state at the time, he said that was like hitting a, a wall. He said like Le'Veon Bell was just like one of those guys that like loved the contact and would just like go for it and stuff and challenge the linebackers and whatnot. So Le'Veon Bell, definitely a good pick. I'm, you know, I'm expecting to see a little bit better of a season from him this year for the jets, just because now he's got that, you know, the rhythm back. And I think now people are actually going to look at that division with the Patriots dismantled and be like, Hey, this is a winnable division now. So I think people maybe come out with a little more, you know, excitement this year, maybe than past years. All right. Next up the hardest team, I think to find a player for, at least for me, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I agree. I didn't, I didn't have a defensive side for this team either. I just went Josh Cribs. All right. I just need an offensive player. Yeah, he's just a player. <laughs> special teams. I went to special teams because that's how. I mean, that that was just all I thought of was exciting. When I think of Cleveland Browns, I honestly can't think of anything. I just think of like an open field of just nothing because that's what I, I was, think of when I think of the Browns. I was doing some like research, like oh, best players of the decade, and like a lot of people had Phil Dawson <laughs> kicker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When I think of the Browns, I mean, really, I think of like not counting like the today Browns, which I don't like any of them. But I mean, you think I literally all that comes to mind is like. Jim, I mean, Tim Couch and like the yeah. fucking the Peyton Hillis is one good year or two years, whatever he had there. Well, I have Braylon Edwards. Ooh, that's, that actually is a good one. I, uh, I, I think I liked him more when he was at Michigan, <laughs> but uh, he was still had like one good year with the Browns, which is saying a lot, but didn't last all that long, but he was definitely a great prospect. Yeah, he, he definitely was. He was uh, definitely fun to watch. I forgot about him. All right. Next team is the Cincinnati Bengals, who have a lot more to pick from. Yeah, so I I didn't go defensive on this. I just went offense, and I had to go Chad Ochocinco. He was oh, just yeah. too exciting. So I mean, agreement I, right there. All right, there we go. Our first of the day. All right. All right, next up, Texans. Texans. So for Houston, I went uh, on the offensive side, Andre Johnson, and on the defensive side, J.J. Watt. Yeah, pretty I, classic. They're yeah, when, a, you, when you think a short-lived team. Exactly. When you, and when you think Houston Texans, it's like those are the two guys you think of. Maybe Arian Foster for a little bit, Matt Schaub, but those are definitely some of the two guys that come to my mind first when I think of Houston. Yeah, I had Andre Johnson as well. All right. Was he was so productive team. for so long. Yes, he was. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, I went with uh, Steve McNair. I mean, I think I mean, he was just, you know, that's when I think of Tennessee, I just think of Steve McNair, Eddie George, and then defensive side, I went with uh, Javon Curse. I just yep, remember that guy was a monster on the line and he was one of the best defensive players. It was always fun playing with him on Madden also because he would just, he was a sack machine. Yeah. We got another guy, another defensive guy from that era, Keith Bullock. Oh yeah. Good linebacker for a long time. I always like those guys that just, who is that who you're going with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keith Bullock was good. Uh, next good. team, the Colts. All right. I went with uh Marvin Harrison. 
on offense. That's just like, you know, like you know, these murderers. Yeah, maybe. When you're when you're on a uh what was I say when I was a kid it was like when I would play in the schoolyard, I would always uh you know, I was always wide receiver. So it's like as a kid I think I, I grew up liking all those receivers that were the top receivers at the time, like the Marvin Harrisons, the Randy Mosses, the Terrell Owens, like those are the guys I grew up watching and like pretending I was when I was, you know, playing football with friends. So going Marvin Harrison there. And then on the defensive side of Bob Sanders, like I remember when he had that little stretch where he was, it was always him and Troy Polamalu that were the one, two safeties on Madden. Like if you were to create a team or something, it they were always like 98 overall, like side by side to each other. Yeah. And hopefully on Madden, he didn't get hurt like he did in real life. Yeah. That's a bummer for him. Well, I didn't want to pick anyone from the offense, so I picked Dwight Freeney. Oh yeah. That's a good one too. That's a was, I mean, the spin move, it's a, there's certain people who are will be iconic forever for one little move, and he he is. Yeah, it's good. All right, next team, Jacksonville. So I went with uh, – I actually liked this team as a kid, and again, this is more to the wide receiver stuff, so I went with uh, Jimmy Smith. Good pick. Yeah, I just remember he was a you know good one of the good receivers along with like Keenan McCardell with – you know, Fred Taylor and Mark Burnell in the that year and stuff. So yeah, I went with uh Jimmy Smith, and that's all I have for Jacksonville. Yeah. I have a, a guy I loved watching in college, Maurice Jones Drew. Back oh, then yeah. it was just Maurice Drew, but uh yeah, good yeah. little short career. I I was always happy that he had a better NFL career than uh, Reggie Bush because they would played together or they played like oh, against yeah. each other that whole era. Yeah, Maurice Jones Drew was exciting. Let's let's not forget, too, he was a very good kickoff return guy. Yeah. He was definitely a little secret weapon out there. All righty. Moving on, AFC West. Yep, I'm starting with the Chiefs. All right. I'm going with Priest Holmes. I went up. That's a Madden thing for me. That team in Madden was amazing. So I originally had Priest Holmes written down, but then I was like, "I I just like Tony Gonzalez more, I think, as a person. Orange so County I, guy. It's a good yeah, and that also. So I, I just went with Tony Gonzalez. I remember listening to him talk on like a, I think it was like Colin Coward or something like last year. And he was talking about like going back into the league. And he was like, you know, I could I could still be playing right now. I could have gone back in. But he said, you know, it's just like the, the behind the scenes stuff, like the, you know, giving up certain things, like certain foods, drinks and whatnot. And he's just like mentally, he's like, I was just at the point where I couldn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I didn't want to give up drinking maybe soda or beers or whatever and like all this stuff to like make sure your body was in like top performance and whatnot so i uh i like that that he was just like just real about it like hey yeah i was still performing i was doing good but it's like you don't realize that there's other things that have to be sacrificed and at that point in my life it was like you know what was done was done but yeah was- i mean that's the kind of the gronk story too i saw it was crazy this morning like 11 in the morning some tweet was like gronkowski is he's working out trying to lose weight he's thinking about maybe you know, getting back in the NFL and it's like, Oh, that seems crazy. And then like two hours later, it's a done deal. It's like, <laughs> yeah. That he's going to have uh, to get back in shape. That definitely happened very fast. And I guess it's because I think the, he had already taken the physical like this morning or something. Yeah. So he was already ready to go, but, uh, all right. Who's, uh, who's next in this favorite division of yours? Denver Broncos. Ooh. What, uh, what'd you go with on this one? I'm picking uh Chris Harris, Jr. Ooh, newest charger. That? But I I always loved watching him. I loved um, on the, the him with a uh, Talib. A Talib was such a dick and just a terrible person all around. But Harris is probably the better player, and they you know were both really good corners. Yeah, um, I'm gonna 
I'm going to go with a cornerback also from them. I liked watching Champ Bailey. Yeah. Champ Bailey was the best of all time. Yeah. I mean, there was that era where we just had the NFL just had the NFL just had shut down corner after shut down corner. And it was just like, it was a new guy every like two, like two, three years. But Champ Bailey obviously was for more than that. But just fun time, you know, with that, with the NFL, it's like, it's like always like, who is that next new shut down corner? The next team on the list has one of those guys that was that guy for like two years. Yeah, the Raiders. I totally forgot. Yeah, awesome. Wow, or whatever. Yeah, but he's well, not. Who is, who is your favorite Raider then? Tim Brown. That's who I that, always think of. of that's of who Raiders. I did too. And the reason why I always do him too is because my dad used to work back at this uh, golf tournament back when it was called the Nissan Open. Uh, he would go. Uh, he would do security there, like uh, just you know, because he knew somebody just extra money. Well, plus, Tim Brown was an LA Raider, so that's yeah. kind of cool. So yeah. Tim Brown was always at that and my dad actually has multiple photos of uh with tim brown and like assigned football and stuff and i think he's just a genuine nice guy so i think it just as a kid like tim brown was actually one of the first names i would see like i remember we literally had the picture in our house like of my dad with tim brown and like assigned football next to it and stuff so i mean he was cool guy so i definitely uh tim brown was uh my pick for that as well all right all right agreement down to your team who uh do you have the this floor here? Hard. Like, you have the floor. This was hard, but it had to go with LT just because the stretch of dominance and like the the hope he gave us, like in some of the wor- worst times. I, I agree. I, I definitely went with uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Also, I mean, watching him, it, it, and it's true, it was the hope because, like, I always, you know, say, and I, I think you even said you became kind of a. Char- when did you become a Chargers fan? Around like that probably time, probably his second year. Was yeah, like, wow, so I always great. say like that. That's what actually made. I honestly it put the Chargers on the map around here because I think growing up. It's like the Chargers, when we were growing up watching football, when the Rams and Raiders had left LA, the Chargers were our closest team by far. You know, it wasn't even close. I mean, they're an hour and a half down the road while the next closest was actually probably like Arizona or something. But uh, anyway, it was like California wise, it was like they were by far our closest. So it was like everybody seemed to be like, oh, Raider fans or Niner fans. That's why I always talk about people that are our age or, you know, have our fans of like the Cowboys, the Packers, the Steelers, you know, Ravens. I mean, random teams because... You know, we didn't get to grow up with like a home, a very close home team. But when Tomlinson came to town, it's like that's when you started noticing people were like, you know what? Wait a minute. This Charger team's fun to watch. They're pretty good. So he definitely is the reason I think that Southern California even has like a good amount of Charger fans now. So definitely owe it to him. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely went with LaDane Tomlinson, too. I mean, some of the stuff he did, I mean, not, even if you're not a football fan, it's like if you ever saw it, it's like it's pretty cool to watch. And I think I was actually at the game when they retired his jersey. I think that's nice. The Chiefs. Yeah. All right. This is back to back. My my two teams here. My NFC team is up next. Uh, a team I liked before the Chargers, the Eagles. Okay. And I have to go back to uh, the '99 NFL Draft when I was watching that, and the Eagles took Donovan McNabb, yep. and I didn't know anything really about him, but I like. I think I'm gonna like this team. Yeah. He was the only quarterback from that like grouping that had any sustained success. I think. I mean, Cole Pepper was. I drafted as well that year, um, but he had, his career was shorter. But that was the like Tim Couch, Cade McNown, and Achilles Smith. Yeah, I went with uh, Donovan McNabb also. I mean, I think one of my favorite stories of Donovan McNabb was when he uh, he found out he played like an entire like game or second half or whatever with like a uh, fractured ankle or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and, like that was just the kind of guy he was. You know, he was a uh, didn't quit. I mean, and also you know he's got a couple DUIs, so you know I have. You know, I got to respect that. I don't have uh, a big part of his legacy is a uh, chunky soup as well. Oh yeah. He was a big, the big chunky soup guy. 
Yeah, his mom always had it for him on the sideline. Yeah, like Donovan, Donovan McNabb is definitely, when we think Eagles, like he, it's definitely the first that comes to mind. Also in uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> he wants you to eat at McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the right. Eagles do have a, a, a bunch of guys, I think, that are... Yeah, I mean, I I, I know on that list. I noted Brian Dawkins also for the defensive side. I mean, Brian Dawkins was fun Definitely. to watch. My uh, my dad has a funny story when he went to uh, when we were in Delaware visiting my aunt. We ended up going to Philly, and he went into the store and just keep my dad's. Just, he's just a sports fan, so like he'll go if he goes places. He'll he likes buying jerseys and stuff. So because we were in the area, he went and bought a like a nice uh, Eagles jersey. And he ended up buying that guy a I uh, was it Fryer. Or like Fryer or Fryman, whichever guy got in trouble recently for like bank fraud or something, like yeah. went to jail. So it's just kind of funny because it's like he's got this jersey of this guy that like went to jail or something. I don't know. I just find it funny because he just bought I the mean, jersey. It was like, oh, it's an Eagles jersey. I really, really didn't care who was on it. And this was probably in '97 or '98, so it would have been before McNabb. But yeah, I mean, I don't think the Eagles were putting out very good teams back then. Oh, definitely not. I think the Cowboys and the Giants were running that that show at the time. Those Mainly. are two next teams. Yeah. Who was the next one? So the Cowboys, who do you have? I have Emmett Smith. I mean, when I watched Cowboys, I mean, I just remember that's who I was watching. You know, I just think of like, you know, just the vintage style of him. He just played, you know, just good, hard football was able to like for a running back. The fact he was able to last so long is just extremely impressive. So I went with uh, Emmett yeah. Smith. I don't think anyone's ever going to uh, top his all time rushing record. That's, Players just don't last long like that. Yeah, it's tough. Although I guess Frank Gore can put in another seven years in. Yeah, and Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore, like you said, I think have been like the closest to it. But Adrian Peterson, just none, a lot of those years weren't healthy. He's just kind of not been able. He's just not been quitting is all. Yeah. What about well, you? I went with uh, Demarcus Ware. Okay. He was uh, kind of like the only guy in that defense, it seemed like, for a while. The Romo years, which is productive every year. Great pass rusher. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was good. So what about the, uh, the New York football giants? Yeah, I've got Tiki Barber. I have Tiki Barber as well, Andy. Oh, First off, what a name. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, that's someone all will always be in my head because of that name. And he, he was definitely one of those guys that when I would uh, when we would play fantasy football, because that was probably around the time when I started playing was like the year 2000 and stuff. And I remember the people that would have him would just – dominate like he was definitely one of those guys that was like a top three pick and stuff well, he was he was in on the receiving game that usually yeah. people didn't care as much back then but they didn't realize how important it was yeah he was definitely uh definitely good to watch so uh and now he does tv yeah and he's probably pretty good at that too yeah so all right last team in that division the uh really exciting washington redskins yeah this was a harder team as well yeah uh, i went with santana moss i uh Pretty good re- receiver returner. Yeah, Santana Moss was flash. exciting. I went with Sean Taylor. I mean, I loved Sean Taylor. You know, yeah. murdered in his house, but he was uh, he was one of the most exciting players. And when you look up like his hits, he was just vicious. And he's got uh, one of those famous hits when he killed the Bills punter in the All Star game. Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely annihilated him. It's really funny. Anybody out there who hasn't seen it. Google the YouTube. I mean, Sean Taylor hit in the all-star game, whatever. I mean, it'll be one of the first things that shows up when you uh, type in his name, but he just, I think it was, a uh, was his name Mormon or whatever. Yeah. I think it was that punter. He destroyed on Buffalo and it's like, 
just reminds me of when like what Pete Rose took out the catcher in the all-star game. It's like, Hey, some people just keep it a hundred percent, no matter what, you know, they don't yeah. always just take it easy. All right, Andy, where are we moving off to? Uh, NFC North, the Packers. NFC North. Oh boy. The green Bay Packers. I, uh, I just went with Brett Favre because growing up, I think like that's one of the first names you even learn. It's like you yeah, like, one of the first words, yeah, when you grew up in the nineties, I think like one of the first words you said was like mom, dad, and then Brett Favre. The first football I ever got, like, you know, football I throw around yep. was a Brett Favre MVP football. Me too. And it has like his little yeah. autograph on it or yep. whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I had that like same Christmas football. 96 or something. Oh yeah. I had that same football and, uh, that was just one of those popular teams. Like I think, I think every kid that grew up around the time we did, I think was automatically like almost like a little bit of a Packer fan at some point. Cause I remember like always just wanting to wear one of those cheese heads and stuff. It's like, they were just the fun team. They were good. You know, they were, had those bright yellow helmets. They had like, yeah, they're good jerseys, just nice green. Jerseys. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely am guilty of being like a Packer fan for like at least a season when I was sometime in the nineties, but you know, that was Brett Favre. They you know I had a Brett Favre jersey. I mean, that's just when you think football. And I mean, you know, he's got his nice Wrangler jeans going on now. It's like he's a great, great cameo. And there's something about Mary. Yeah. yeah it's got to got to count. Yeah, no, Brett Favre's a cool cat. Uh, for the next this next team, I've got a uh, I think a similar person to Brett Favre. Other side of the ball, but both another like country boy who just is having fun. Jared Allen. Yeah, I like Jared Allen. I went with Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss was, I think, growing up, he was like one of my favorite players always, like, because just because he would always just make such crazy catches and stuff. But I definitely enjoyed Jared Allen because, you know, just he was the country guy, wore number 69, would always, you know, would always talk about when he was introduced about his cooking school instead of like whatever college he played football at. Yeah. He so, was, uh, definitely didn't take everything that seriously. Had a lot yeah, of fun. He was definitely a guy out there having a good time. So you have to enjoy that. All right, next up, Chicago Bears. I've got Charles Peanut Tillman. Oh, I was uh, on the defensive side as well, but I went with Erlacher. Yep. Again, I think I had an Erlacher jersey growing up. I think there was that year where the Bears had like the really good defense sometime in like the when it, whenever Erlacher came on the scene, like mid two thousands. Yeah, it was a loaded team. Yeah, and I remember just liking Erlacher and that Bears defense, and I was like, "Ooh, that's they're fun to watch." But uh, yeah, I mean, Tell they were and Briggs, and I remember like uh, I mean, we had Devin Hester, one of the, arguably uh, probably the I mean numbers wise the best special team player ever, and then you've got uh, uh you know they had a uh, A train Anthony Thomas uh, <laughs> running back for a little bit, which was kind of exciting for them. They just never have a uh, really had the quarterback situation figured out for the last like couple decades. And maybe, even yeah, I off. mean, if I had to pick an offensive player, it'd be Rex Grossman. Yeah. I mean, they just, it's so funny to think like such a good franchise, even when they were good, like uh, two seasons ago, it's, they just don't, I mean, it's Trubisky and it's like, people still aren't sold on him. It's like, they just haven't had that like elite quarterback there for a while. And so well, they got Nick Foles now. So yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, last team, in NFC North, the Detroit lions. Um, I think you're going to go somewhere different, but I'm going with Calvin Johnson. I did go Calvin Johnson as well. Oh, I was going to say you're going to be a Barry Sanders guy because that's just uh, the only reason why is just because I didn't really I don't remember watching Barry Sanders. Yeah, he was definitely tail end of when we probably started watching. Yeah, Calvin but Johnson's still. the only exciting lion player that I can think of off the oh, top come of my on. head. Golden what? Tate. Okay, but I mean like off the top Kenny of my Galladay. head. Okay. Okay, those guys are fun to watch, but I mean. Calvin Johnson, when he was in his prime, man, that was fun. And I, 
always liked with Calvin Johnson because it's like he went to Georgia Tech, which is like an option school or was that I think. Yeah, that was hilarious. And it's and so did uh, Demarius Thomas. And it's like yeah. here are two of the, at the time, like we're the best, some of the two of the top five receivers in the league. And he went to Georgia Tech and it's just kind of like, it's really funny. <laughs> All, right. All right. Moving on. Saints. So I went with, uh, I'm, I'm big on receivers. So I went with Joe Horn. I considered him. Yeah. Cell phone. Yeah. That's one of the best celebrations also. I mean, the fact that he put a cell phone somewhere and was just like, Oh, if I catch a touchdown, they'll get to see the celebration. If I don't, they'll never know I had it planned. And he was predicting the future. We didn't know how important cell phones would become. Yeah, no, he really was. If that would have been an iPhone, I would have lost my mind. Sadly, I don't think he uh, is playing days extended into the iPhone era. Yeah, I don't either. Because then um, after that, I noticed they had like Marcus Colston and stuff. Like they always have yeah. had like a good top receiver. Yeah, and then Jimmy Graham and Michael Thomas. It's been yeah. a, a legacy. Um, I went have? with another current player, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, okay. I mean, he's he's still got the whole world ahead of him right now, but what he's done so far, just exciting. Yeah. All righty, who we got next? The Falcons. So uh, with the Falcons, I I, I put two offensive guys. So I went with, I like Michael Turner. Oh, that's my pick. Because, uh, and I know, yeah, he played for the Chargers too. But I know when, just when he came to Atlanta, no one. And I remember, because this was, again, the fantasy football time, you know, 11 points per rushing touchdown. And I remember the guy that had him, had him like two years in a row and just dominated. Because he had like, he had three amazing seasons in a row touchdown wise. And he was just, it was insane that he was just that big scoring running back. But the other one I went with was just, uh, just cause as a kid, I just remember doing the dirty bird. So I went with Jamal Anderson also. Yeah, That didn't last very long, but still, no, it, it didn't. That's why I like, that's why I, did, I, uh, went with Michael Turner, who I actually remember watching everything. But just as a kid, I remember when Jamal Anderson would score, he would do that. But yeah, again, that was just basically that one year where they got to the Super Bowl against the Broncos and then, uh, fell short to John Elway and the boys. Yeah, I want to turn her not only because of his Chargers history, but he went to Northern Illinois. Okay. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. And um, he was definitely one of those guys that it's like, it's inspiring because it just shows you that what hard work and stuff can do. You know, he went to, you know, a Mac school and then he goes in there and just, it wasn't like he was just having like good solid seasons. I mean, those were like MVP type number seasons with those touchdowns. I, mean, I think yeah. one year he had like, what, 19 or 20 rushing touchdowns? Yeah, I think that seems right. Um, I just have to say it's sad and neither of us picked Julio Jones because he might be the best player to watch in the NFL right now. But Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we had other picks. All right. Next team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I went with uh, Mike Allstott. Okay. Mike Allstott was, again, that goes back to our fantasy football days. My dad and I uh, had him and I, one of my favorite one of my memories, I should say, I don't know if it's my favorite, but one of the funnier stories of fantasy football was like, so I've always been the one that I pick the team. Like my dad kind of is just like, okay, I trust you. Like my dad's more like an investor. Like he'll put in the money and then I pick the team and it's yeah. like, you know, let's, let's better work out. So, uh, this was back when the way our league worked was you'd get 11 points for a rushing touchdown and you would only get five points if the player got over a hundred yards. So Mike Allstott, it was like, if you drafted him, you only, you were, you know, he was one of those guys that could have a game where he had eight carries you know, 14 yards and two touchdowns. And that was 22 points, which was more than a guy that maybe had 22 carries, 130 yards and no touchdowns. So, you know, guys like him were valuable. And I remember my dad was like, Hey, let's start him this week. Let's start him. And I told him like, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think we should. 
So I didn't start him. And sure enough, Mike Allstott had four touchdowns that game. And he would have gotten us like, I think it was like 49 points or 44 points. And uh, my dad, let's just say, was not very happy with me. So Mike Allstott always just has a place in my heart for just that moment. Yeah. Well, I went with a defensive player because that's what they were known for. Yep. Uh, Derek Brooks. He was great. Just kind of like the the future of linebackers. Just like, oh, this guy's super fast and we can do everything, cover people. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely good. He was an exciting person to watch. Him with like Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber. Yeah, the defense was amazing. Booger McFarland went on to a great broadcasting career. Mm. All right, next up, Carolina Panthers. I think we're going to pick the same player. Who'd you go with? Steve Smith. I did too. Wow, very good. Right. It seemed, to me, that one's like a really easy one. Yeah. Because not only was he good, but he just was entertaining as hell. Yeah, no, he was definitely a uh, good player, good fun player to watch. And he like bounced all over the league. He was, I mean, not over the league, but like he went to Utah, but he started at like community college and stuff like that. That's cool. And he was just one of those guys that even like in his last years with the Ravens was just not afraid to like throw down with you. Like even yeah. at his age and stuff, like he didn't back down from anybody. And he so went right into TV because everyone knew like oh, yeah, this guy belongs. Oh yeah. He's got the good TV personality, good personality. Yeah. All right. The last, uh, the last division of this, the NFC West. Yep, started with the 49ers. Uh, I went with a controversial pick, I think, but it, he is my pick nonetheless, Colin Kaepernick. Okay. I that went game with- against Green Bay, that playoff game, just ridiculous. Yeah, no, he definitely, I mean, despite, you know, if you take away his off-field stuff and whatnot, I mean, if you just keep it on the field, which is what this is about, you know, he was definitely fun to watch and whatnot. I went with uh, Terrell Owens, though. I mean, it's kind of yeah. hard to like gauge where like Terrell Owens belongs because he played in so many places for like four years at a time. But I think that's the right spot. Yeah, the Niners are the ones I think of. You know, when he goes and throws the football in the or lays the football down in the middle of the Cowboy Star, and then when he goes and gets the pom poms, the popcorn. You know, Terrell Owens was definitely a exciting player to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Seahawks. So I went with uh, Sean Alexander. Which again goes back to my fantasy football days. Yeah, he had a uh, quite a stretch there. He had a good uh, cover of Madden season. It's always nice. Yeah, he was one of those ones that I think gave my dad and I at the time like our biggest scoring week because there was a game where he had like four or five rushing touchdowns and then had like two hundred, like a hundred something rush yards or two hundred rush yards. Like it was ridiculous. And I remember we got like 50-something or 60 points from him, which was back then was like a decent week, let alone from one player. Yeah, I think those days are over, though. We're not going to oh, see yeah. running backs like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went with Earl Thomas, although I am sad that his career with the Seahawks ended with a middle finger. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the time he was there was very positive. And he was, in some ways, the captain of the defense. They, still, they, had, a, they had a lot of captains. They had a lot of great players, but... Yeah, no, he was. And I liked him at Texas too. To watch. So. Alrighty, well, uh, last two teams, two teams to go. Uh, the Rams. Okay, who'd you uh, take for the Rams? Marshall Falk. Yep, me too. I, I think the was... next team we'll have the same player. Yeah, I'm gonna assume you said Larry Fitzgerald for the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. Yeah, I mean those were just two classic guys where it's like. You know, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, I forget how long he's been playing. Like, I remember seeing him on the cover of, like, 
NCAA football when he was on yeah, Pittsburgh. Pit, yeah, I remember that. Or 2004, maybe even like 2002. I don't even know. It's crazy yeah. like when you think of like how long he's been around. And I'm just like, oh, crazy. And it's like he was just, I mean, because you forget because it's, you know, so long ago now. But it's like when he was in his prime, it's like he was one of the most exciting players in the league, one of the most exciting receivers ever. But then even his late career has just been consistent, just one of the better, like. Yeah, I mean, that's why he's still going. Chains guys. Find another year, and it's, you know, he's going to do his whole career with Arizona, and it, it's just, uh, it's been a pleasure to watch. If you're yeah. listening, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> and that's, I, I'll remember that draft more than any other because the Chargers had the number one pick. Um, but just like it was, I don't. That was such a great like top of the draft that you know Eli Manning was. Peyton's brother and seemed like he was going to be great and you had all this other stuff you had but Fitzgerald was like that guy's going to be good forever and he was yeah well uh looks like that uh will wrap up our uh okay I just keep moving around all over the place here but uh that that will wrap up our uh little segments we had here for the last few weeks which was uh you know our favorite we did uh the teams that should have uh never won a championship that were good. And then we did our favorite, uh, NFL players, favorite baseball players, favorite NBA players. And, uh, next week we have, uh tennis. Yeah. Next yeah. week we'll go with our favorite tennis doubles. No, but, uh, we'll, well, you know, Pick. we'll figure something out for next week. If we're, if it's, uh, no other crazy news, but, uh, we, well, we got uh, the draft. So I think we'll do something right. about the draft we'll over the draft. And, uh, maybe we'll have a something. sporting news because I think, you know, things are, you know, it'll be interesting to see just what develops over the next, month few weeks if you if we do get any update on anything if you know play is planning on resuming it all for nba or nhl or if baseball even plans on starting up and if they're going to or whatnot because i mean uh looking back andy i think it's good we never wasted uh anyone's time with a baseball preview because yeah. might have all been for nothing but if we do end up getting a season which i'm still optimistic we will maybe we'll still throw something out but i mean i don't know about you i don't it's gonna be tough for me to even like pick things if it's gonna be like a wacky season well, especially baseball needs to be super long, like because you see team teams that like always have like a good two month stretch that start out like really hot and then they're like totally out of the race by July. It's like, yeah, if we have a two month season, we're going to see some bad teams make the playoffs. Well, some I know that's what I'm make it exciting. I think that's actually I've been watching a lot of. Uh, you might actually enjoy this, Andy. I've been watching a uh, Twitch a lot like uh, l- lately, and I've been watching like they have the MLB the show where they're. Uh, having all, you know, these players are all playing each other. Like you got Hunter Pence, Amir Garrett, uh, Joey Gallo, uh, uh, Lux from the Dodgers is the guy representing the Dodgers. There's a player representing every team. And uh, so you have to play with your team, obviously. But uh, it's been, it's fun to watch, but it's more cool, like listening to hear what they have to to say. And like, yeah, I forget what player it was, but one of them did bring that up to said like, hey, if this is a 70 game season or something, like you're going to have teams that don't, uh, that are going to be more influenced out there. Like anything's possible in this, you know, type of season. Cause yeah, it's two years ago. You see that all the time. A team start off good and then they kind of fade in the summer. Well, like two years ago, the Dodgers started like 16 and 30 or something. Yeah. And it was like, what's going on with this team? And then they won the world series. It, I mean, they, were, <laughs> they <laughs> went to the world series, <laughs> but then they got stolen from them. But yeah, like that stuff happens where teams just go through rough st- stretches. And if it's a not very long season, yeah all right we'll, we'll, we'll see you've been listening to episode 167 of the tony steak podcast i'm sean and joined with me we had tony Katz. yes thank you for uh, listening during these uh not very exciting sports times 
but they will get better. The worst is behind us. And the off-road, Andy. All right. See you later.